Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Welcome to Stars Matter, a recruiting podcast from The Athletic. I'm Mitch Light, joined by Ari Wasserman, and joined by Grace Rayner and Manny Navarro. We've got more. I'm stealing this line from Ari. We have more stars on Stars Matter. Uh, we have a, a robust robust recruiting staff at The Athletic, so we are In our spinning. galaxy. In our galaxy. I, you didn't say You made a suggestion, galaxy. Ari. I don't need to... to we have more stars I, in our galaxy. I put my own spin on your suggestion, okay? We have more stars in our galaxy. Is that what you want me to say? Yes. Isn't that nice? Stars matter. We are, Grace and Manny are going to join us on a regular basis. Maybe some weeks it's three of us, maybe some weeks all four. Maybe we'll just let Ari go for an hour by himself uh, one week. But uh, uh, thanks. I could. Well, I I was going to say, Ari, how are you doing? But I've already talked to you. Grace, welcome. How are you doing today? Thank you. I, I would listen to Ari for a full hour talking to the wall. Okay, I wouldn't, but Manny, you doing okay? I, I'm doing great. I, I, the only thing I'm sad about now is that I'm actually going to listen to the show while while it's being recorded instead of being able to walk like I normally do and listen when I do my afternoon uh, jogs and stuff. But, you know, whatever. This is just as cool. Yeah, do you guys listen to yourself on podcasts? I, I did when we first started just to kind of see how we were doing. I might listen to segments, but I find it very difficult to listen to myself. What do you guys think? Well, when I do my podcast, uh, Wide Right on Miami, yes, I, I listen to it once to basically make sure there's no F-bombs in there or any, <laughs> anything really bad. And then uh, other than that, I, I don't listen to it again. I don't. Well, I only listen a- when I think I said something stupid just to gauge how, <laughs> how bad it was. If you guys want, there's going to be a bonus episode of Stars Matter, and all it is is me complaining about how South Carolina uh, was defended in the – women's final four yeah we will not we, we have a lot to talk about we will not be talking women's basketball although grace welcome back to the college football staff after abandoning us for two weeks covering women's basketball did a great job covering the greenville i guess they're called super regionals now because there's like 15 teams there and you were working every day but welcome back oh thank you it's good to be back so good show today it's a lot to discuss big week for ohio state michigan as expected landed a five-star quarterback last week We can now close the books on the 2023 class with Deuce Robinson's commitment to USC. We've got a high-profile 2024 quarterback who's set to announce this week, and we've got some intel from Manny, who was on the ground watching Florida State's 24 quarterback commitment, mailbag, and trivia. But I think we need to start with Ohio State. Um, I was not expecting this. I think 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock yesterday, so it would have been uh, on Tuesday night, tweets out. Ohio State gets a five-star commitment and and a shocking development, Ari. It's a five-star wide receiver. It's almost comical. Like, it's great for Ohio State, but we can't – we keep talking about it. It's like, just get a five-star linebacker or defensive tackle. It's just – this run of wide receivers is is absurd. We'd have to go add this up, but I think Ohio State signed more five-star receivers during Brian Brian Hartline's tenure than like 90% of programs have signed in total. Well, it's 14 Uh, top 100 receivers. From 19 through 23, 14 top 100 from 19 through 23, wow. and two more expected. I mean, unless one of these five stars falls out of the top 100, which we see guys fall, but we're not going to see them fall that far. And like they also kind of keep getting better. Like, I don't know if this is just like a development thing or if it's just, uh, um, 
happenstance, but like if you go and look at the receivers that have been drafted, like Marvin Harrison might be the best one. And then from what I understand, Manny, you probably would know this better than I would, but Jeremiah Smith, the one who's committed in, in the uh, 24 classes, like the best prospect at the receiver position ever, I think, number two overall nationally. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty ridiculous. Reminds me a lot of uh, Andre Johnson, who uh, was one of the greatest receivers to ever come out of Miami and number three overall pick, I think, body-wise and just the way they sort of carry themselves very similar from, uh, you know, in that capacity. Now, what? Well, so I lost my train of thought there, but that kind of, kind of goes back to what we're saying, Ari, all the time. It's like you keep stockpiling these players. They've had some five stars not pan out, but they always have elite ones because when you sign three or four, you know, top 100 or five stars a year, you're going to have two that do pan out, and then that's why they always have two, the top 10 of the draft seemingly. Yeah, and if you go look at a lot of the top 100 players that uh, went to Ohio State, uh, I don't know how many of them haven't panned out. Um, maybe four of them or five of them. Uh, and Chris Olave was a three-star, and he got drafted in the first round too, but is Jamison Williams, did he pan out? I mean, he did for Alabama. So, you know, it's uh, – it's one of these things where it's like, can Ohio State pass its way to a national championship? And last year, I got dangerously close to being able to do it, but you would like to see, you know, you don't want to like internalize the news of five-star prospect commits and then like be a downer. But I think that watching it manifest the way that it has has been great. Also, I think that it needs to be spread around a little bit more because you can't have 60% of your top 100 players that you sign be all at one position. Um, so yeah, no, it's a, it's a nice get. I think Brian Hartline has a case and this might be hyperbolic, but I was thinking about it last night Has a single position coach in college football history, or at least in the, you know, modern era dating back to 2000 recruited their position better than he has. Like when I you think about the sheer sure number of pro- commitments and top 100 players he's gotten? It, it's difficult because he's been there the whole time. Like Alabama's recruited some elite offensive linemen, but there's turnover there. Grace, um, you know, off the top of my head, Clemson had an, a, a great run and I guess still going uh, defensive linemen. Is, there, there's been some coaching turnover, I guess. But, I, you know, I, I would say that it's not comparable to what Ohio State's doing at the wide receiver position. Yeah. But uh, in relative terms to how, how everyone else recruits, I'd say Clemson's defensive line recruiting over the last six, eight years is being elite as well. Yeah, I think Todd Bates, especially a couple of years ago, I think he made an argument as maybe one of the best recruiters in the country. Obviously, now he's at Oklahoma with Brent Venables, but I don't know. I mean, even seeing Clemson's run of wide receivers and now and now seeing what Ohio State is doing and how this wide receiver U title has has shifted um, between two teams that have seen a lot of each other in the past few years, I think has been really interesting. But um, I'm with you, Ari. I don't. I don't know that anyone else is doing what he's doing right now. Well, there's a lot we, of Hold teams. on, we, hold on one second, Ari. We haven't even said it's the, the receiver's name. I just realized it's it's Mylon Graham <laughs> I, uh, from from New Haven, Connecticut. So I Oops. think that's my. It was a big Yale Ohio State battle there. They got him out from uh, from from Yale. Um, so, uh, like I said, he will be. The fifteenth. This will be the fifteenth and sixteenth top one hundred wide receivers. Uh, there's, Ohio State. There's been Ari. a lot of colleges who have had really dominant uh, rooms, uh, position rooms, and uh, sent a lot of players from those rooms into the draft. Like when I think about elite level quarterback recruiting before Lincoln Riley, I think about Clemson too. Like if you go back and look, but I wonder just from a data driven standpoint, Manny, you're Mr. Spreadsheet. I'm going to call you that. Um, <laughs> how many people have, how, how many individual assistants have signed almost 15 or 16 top 100 players in a five-year period by themselves? Like just Manny, from a data standpoint, while there's talking? no possible way. Yeah. I'll just, I'll start on that right now and be done in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's happened. I really no, I don't. think you're right, Ari. I, I don't think you're being hyperbolic. I mean, it's almost, and it's, it's a position where you need, you know, what, in each class, every school probably signs two to five wide receivers. It's obviously, it's not like court, quarterback where you're just signing one um, or certain, I guess most positions you're signing multiple players. And one, one other Ohio State note, and this was not a surprise, after losing Jordan Marshall, the, the, the running back from Cincinnati, Muller, who committed to Michigan, Ohio State, I don't know, rebounds is the right word, but they get James Peebles, the running back from San Antonio, uh, top 100 player as well. So did not sign a running back after in last year's class. Was it Mark Fletcher who decommitted? Right. And, and Miami stole up, him. Yeah, Miami stole him. Um, so definitely that was that was a need, a, a, a top flight running back uh, in, in this class. So, uh, you know, we talked a lot about 
a couple of weeks ago about it, Michigan elbowing its way and 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 maybe not replacing, but you know, like a doing some good things on the trail. But this kind of just tells us that Ohio State they still got a lot of talent as well. And Aaron Nolan too, right? I was going to yeah. say Ari down the pike. Is yeah, it going to be Aaron Nolan? Yeah, well, two, uh, I don't wait, know. Grace, I don't Grace know. have you talked to Aaron Nolan? Because I know Manny and, and Ari have. Did you talk to him at a camp? Um, I talked to him at camp, and he didn't have his Ohio State or his Clemson offer at that point, but obviously both were formalities. And then we traded a few messages, but you guys have both talked to him more recently than I have. Yeah, Ari, why don't you uh, go and, you know, the story was posted uh, over the weekend or maybe Monday morning on Aaron Noland, who uh, has emerged, and, and Manny's written about him, Manny saw him, has emerged as one of the, you know, he's top 100. I don't know exactly what his ranking is, but the schools, when Ohio State prioritizes you, Clemson, when Clemson prioritizes you, he's clearly one of the elite guys in the class. Yeah, uh, I don't know where he's going to go. I mean, I called him off of the heels of his visit to Ohio State because, you know, you guys know this too. Like recruiting is so interesting because like of how important the context of each kid is. And it's like, of course, a top 100 player is interesting because uh, he's a quarterback who's probably going to, you know, start for two or three years for whatever program he picks. But like contextually speaking with Ohio state, with what happened with Dylan Rayola and, you know, losing back to back years to Michigan and you know people questioning whether or not Ryan day has that program on track. Like, them bouncing back from the Rayola decommitment and showing that they're still able to fill that position group the way that they have historically under him is just an interesting storyline, you know, like, and that's kind of the way that, and I don't want to speak for all of us. I feel like this is the vision for this, this podcast. It's like, we could go down a list and just say, well, here's who went to where, but like actually discussing the importance of, you know, individual recruits and, you know, the messages that those commitments and those recruitments send, I think, is really, really huge. Um, plus, you know, I, I can't stand the fact that college football season is only four months, so we have to compete uh, year round. And I'm really excited to see how that pans out. I had a few recruiting coordinators hit me up asking me if he's going to Ohio State. Uh, he said he made up his mind. I did not ask him because uh, it was my first time talking to him, like where he was going. I didn't want to put him in a position where he would have to trust me right off the bat. Um but he was just obviously excited about his most recent visit. I don't know if that means he's going there. You know how impressionable kids can be sometimes when they leave a place, they're super excited and, you know, that's that, but, you know, certainly a major priority for Ohio state's, you know, 24 class. And I know probably the same thing for Miami, right, Manny? No, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny. I, I remember talking to him was right before a seven on seven down here in South Florida out, out in Fort Myers. And he kind of floored me because I asked him, I said, who are the, coordinators you get along with the best and he said bobby petrino and i and i remember just sort of relaying that message. in atlanta too yeah it's a bitch and, I, and i'm just like bobby petrino like who likes bobby What's the first petrino? name you think of when you how, how does he relate to an 18 year old kid <laughs> right so i was kind of floored by that but yeah i mean look i i know miami absolutely needs them um they really feel like they need to get a top 10 quarterback they didn't do that they got Emory Williams last cycle so I think from Miami perspective yes he's like definitely number one on their board and uh you know like you said Ohio State I mean if they don't end up getting Dylan Rayola which they're not going to do anymore right because he decommitted I think uh you know landing a guy like him really uh helps you continue to build a really strong class I need to uh, correct myself uh, a note from uh, Mike Zimmerman um, Mylon Graham evidently is from New Haven, uh, Indiana, not Did you say Connecticut. Yeah. So. I made that mistake too in my head. Yeah. I, like, I, really I good pizza there. Yeah. So I'm not saying that Yale wasn't involved in the pursuit, but probably not. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So, so going into Indiana, I'm not that Ohio state going into Connecticut would be a big deal because you know, Ohio state recruits nationally, but it makes well, a little, little bit more sense. Why the, Aaron Nolan is also a big deal too, guys is, is that I'm looking at the list right now and outside of Rayola, um, there's only one other, player sorry outside of uh, Rayola and Nolan a top 100 quarterback who has yet to issue a commitment so you know that those rankings kind of fluctuate and as the elite 11s and the summer camps come and go and there's more evaluation that could change but like Ohio State in a year that they were building around their quarterback position because Rayola is supposed to be the future in this class like if they wound up not getting a top 100 player at that position in this class I think that would be pretty detrimental to the supposed direction of what they you know they thought was the the case last November so you know I kind of feel like they're all in um but everyone's all in too and like never count out A&M right like I, I don't know if I'm still in the I still cannot fathom they signed 18 top 100 players in a single cycle. So like whatever was in the secret sauce down there, I think we know what might be in it, but if, it, if that's still humming, you know, you never know what 
that could happen. So I'm, I'm actually really excited for, for this revelation to see where he's going. And, you know, I know a lot of people are on the edge of their seats trying to figure out what's going to happen. So it'll be fun. But if, if he does go to Ohio state, three top 100 players in a week is a pretty solid, pretty solid week. Now this could, you know, Clemson and Grace can speak to this. They have, I don't know how unique it is, but they really, they, they, they recruit one quarterback at a time. Basically they go down their list and who is the kid? I'm drawing a blank on his name, who they thought it was down to him and Auburn and Clemson. Uh, Walker White. Yeah, Walker White. Walter yeah. White. Not not Walter White. Ari. Is that what you Walter, call him, Ari? Uh, Walter White. That, that was a separate, a separate, a separate issue. Say Ari and I my had. name. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Uh, be careful what you put in Slack. Sometimes at work. No, just kidding. Um, you got in trouble. No. Yeah, yeah. No, I almost got in trouble. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they, they prioritized Wa- Walter White. Walker White didn't get him. They're priorities at prioritizing Aaron Nolan. If they don't get him, like Ari said, you know, there aren't a lot of quarterbacks left on the board. So, Grace, could be interesting to see where Clemson goes. Now, you don't need to sign a quarterback every year. We know they got a five-star last year. Um, and there's the portal. Well, maybe it's a bad example because it's Clemson, but – it, they they are kind of one of those teams to watch because you just expect them to get a top 100 quarterback every year. Yeah, I'll be really interested to see where they go if they don't get him. Because like you said, Mitch, they offer one at a time. And I think that's the way, too, we've been able to read some tea leaves in the past. When Clemson offers another quarterback, you can maybe read the tea leaves about where the guy they were targeting is heading. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've got a little bit of a cushion in Vizina. Obviously, Klubnik's already on the roster um, so I think they have a little bit of a security blanket, but Aria, I think it was you a couple of years ago. I think you got on a zoom with Dabo and asked like, do you recruit a backup quarterback? And he had said like, you know, you just try to stockpile as many five stars as possible basically. But if you go um, look at Clemson's pattern, it's like five star, three star, five star. It's every other year, yeah. you know, and maybe that's partly because it's hard to get back to back years. Of, right of those yeah. players, but we've seen teams do it. So Antonio like, wrote about that thought, recently with USC. He asked Lincoln Riley that specific question. Yeah, after it's hard. yeah. And I think it's, it's smart too. It's like, I like that Dabo said that. And I feel like if I were a head coach, I would try to get a five-star quarterback every single year, no matter what. Yeah. But I asked that question before the days of the portal. So like the idea of what's the most efficient way for a coach to build a quarterback roster, knowing that, people are going to leave every year if you do it the way that he said he does it. It's like, that's an interesting thought. Like, do you want to go get a three-star guy who comes in and knows it's going to take two or three years to develop into a starter? Or do you want to get the best player possible and then see half of them leave every other year when you have to, to name a new roster? So it's like, or name a new starter. It's a very interesting discussion of like what the most efficient way to build a quarterback room is. And, you know, the portal, I don't think, is always going to be the answer uh, for these big-time programs. And it's like if Clemson is in a position where it needs to go find a, a Sam Hartman-type player to come to their program, then I think something's gone wrong there. Um, sure. I don't know if Davo's coaching there. If, there is Clem- <laughs> if we look up we see Clemson getting a six-year transfer quarter quarterback from the portal, I don't know that Davo Sweeney is the coach at Clemson at that point. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna, Also, I'm- Manny, too, they need – Miami needs a – don't they? They – Am I forgetting somebody that they might have recently signed? But since Jake Garcia, they've well, they, they haven't they, had a five star. No, they haven't had a five star. And and really, I mean, Jakari Brown. I mean, he started two games for them last year. He was he's a kid that got out of Georgia in twenty two. Uh, he was a four star kid. And then last year they got Emory Williams, who I thought was pretty underrated. He went to the Elite Eleven and killed it out there. I think he finished third or fourth or whatever. You were out there. Do you remember seeing Emory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he did really well. So, I mean, they, they, I think they feel really good about Emory Williams as far as the, his fit in this offense with Shannon Dawson. But you're right. I mean, Tyler Van Dyke's going to be gone after this year. And uh, I think there's certainly a possibility that they could recruit a, a, you know, elite freshman like Aaron Nolan. And he could come in and start right away. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So I want to transition to another ACC, another quarterback headed to ACC country. Um, Manny did a story this week on Luke Cromenhoke, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And I don't know about you guys. I'm a sucker for these stories, whoever does them. 
You do get the kid. You talk to the quarterback coach. He's got the best arm ever. He can make all the throws. He's so <laughs> underrated. They offered him. I, I I read that story. I was like, how many Heisman's is this guy going to win? And I, I you know, uh, so many. I guess you did a good job with the story. So he really, in all seriousness, he really does sound undervalued. You know, he's a four-star kid, but uh, played played defense. In, in high school early in his career, and it, and it really looks like he Florida State should be commended for jumping on him early. Yeah, I mean, I thought the really interesting angle with this is the fact that he grew up, uh, you know, his dad played uh, defensive line at UMass, and, you know, his older brother, I think, is playing D3 ball. He's a defensive lineman. And this kid grew up playing linebacker pretty much until the seventh grade. He went to um, go see a local um, quarterback guru, Ken Mastrali, and, um, you know, threw in front of him, and his dad's like, yeah, you're definitely a quarterback. You got to start pursuing this thing. And so he played, I think his eighth grade year was the first year he was full-time quarterback sort of at the uh, at the Pop Warner uh, level. And then he ends up going to Benedictine uh, Military School in Georgia in St. Augustine, and he's the backup for two years, plays receiver, plays safety. And Florida State offers him when he goes to uh, their camp in 2021. They watched him throw. Actually, your buddy, Kenny Dillingham, yes, Ari, I was gonna say that. <laughs> um, he's, he's the dude who watched him throw and was like immediately texting – uh, Denny Thompson, uh, who's who's over at Six Points in Jacksonville, his his quarterback coach, and was like, "Yeah, this dude's for real. We got to offer him." And if you if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see the uh, the clips of him throwing. I mean, Luke's his his arm strength is pretty ridiculous. He just it feels like the ball gets there within split seconds. And in fact, uh, Denny Thompson was telling me, and and I wrote this in the story. That, you know, I guess they have all these QB caption, uh, you know, capture uh, machines. They sort of follow the motion, the speed that comes out of the ball. He says he's already throwing at an NFL level in terms of arm strength. Um, so, I mean, this is, a, this is a kid who's pretty raw. The quarterback position has only started one full year. And kudos to Florida State uh, for, for jumping on him early because I think Penn State and a lot of other programs would love to have him. A couple other quarterback notes. Um, Jaden Davis, as expected, Committed to Michigan State, or to, excuse me, to Michigan on Friday. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I, was to get, I was trying to get my wife, Heather, excited about Spartan football. Tell her they got a five-star. But, you know. The, Did she read my story today? Um, I will read it to her later today. She'll be very excited to know that uh, her alma mater is spending a lot of time in Oklahoma. And we're going to get to that, Ari, in a little bit. Um, a couple other quarterback notes. Uh, Tennessee, Jake Merklinger. Uh, Grace wrote about him, saw him at a camp. Uh, recently quarterback from Savannah, top 100 kid, number 55 overall, the number six quarterback committed to Tennessee. Grace was Clemson. Clemson was on his list, right? But we don't know if our, if our, our I might be missing getting that wrong there, but um, he was down to four. North Carolina, I know, was on the list, but North Carolina uh, was, yep. Yeah, Tennessee. Was or not. Yeah, Tennessee stacking, uh, obviously after Nico, another top one hundred quarterback there. And, and, and Manny, you saw him this past weekend as well, right? Yeah, he didn't get one of the Elite Eleven um, finals invites, uh, but. Uh, you know, you could see the talent. I think that he just kind of had a rough day. There were a couple wobbly balls that he threw in some of the uh, some of the little uh, drills that they had him go through. But, you know, I think he's a kid who, if he wants to come back and compete in another regional, he could probably still earn himself an invite to California. There's 20 guys that end up getting invites, uh, but he wasn't one of the two from Florida. Yeah, Trevor Jackson was one of the other ones, a three-star, uncommitted uh, three-star with the two quarterbacks. And, you know, I... I'm glad that the Elite 11, not that it really matters what I think, but like they're just not going and picking, oh, that guy's a top 60 guy, we're, we're taking him. Like we've seen some some under-the-radar kids go to the Elite 11, so it's kind of cool to see um, to see them you know, pick this Trevor Jackson. Any insight on, on, on Jackson, where he might be going? Yeah, a lot of G5 schools interested in him. I know he grew up a, a Florida State fan. You know, he told me he that's really where he would have wanted to go. Uh, obviously, FSU has Luke Romanoke. Um, he should have taken Luke out. Like, <laughs> that's what it's. That's what they were kind of joking about <laughs> yeah. afterward, actually. Um, but uh, you know, Trevor, uh, he, look, he's got a lot of G5 offers. I think Indiana is one of the Power Five programs that's on him. Um, you know, you think about Indiana; they got Michael Penix um, out of out of Florida before. Um, obviously ended up transferring to Washington. But I think you look at this kid and his abilities. He's big. He's 6'3". He can run. He's really athletic. Um, and to me, I think I think he's going to be power five before it's all said and done. And Deuce Robinson to USC became official, I think, last Thursday. Uh, things were leaning that way. So the class of 2023 um, is closed now, I believe. Every, all blue chippers are signed. I'm sure there's some stragglers out there, so maybe three star kids who haven't signed for whatever reason. But a lot, a lot to you know, a lot to look 
uh, uh, look ahead to Deuce Robinson. I don't think it's a guarantee that he's playing college football. I mean, I would put it at 90%, but you never know with the, with the MLB draft coming up um, with the money there. And, and, and will he play college baseball as well? All along, he said he was going to play college baseball. USC has a uh, one of their walk-on wide receivers is, is Austin Ever. I, I forgot his name. Uh, Antonio's writing about him this week is a very good baseball player. So there's another kid who's playing two sports at USC and Manny and Antonio wrote about that as well, how there's this synergy between the two staffs and, and, and the workouts and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I think we all think that Deuce Robinson hopefully does play college football where he's going to be an instant impact guy as a freshman. I, I believe all you guys have probably seen him at a camp. Go ahead, Ari. Are you raising your hand? <laughs> uh, my wife just came home and I think my child just woke up. So it's perfect timing. Does she want to, uh, does Liv want to join the, does she have any thoughts on, on Deuce Robinson? Uh, you know, I, I was going to take exception <laughs> to one thing that you said there. Okay. Um, not exception, but I do think that Jaden Davis is probably bigger than a note. So we should come back to that. Okay. Well, we uh, talked a lot about, we did talk about a lot of last week, but Hey, go take the floor. Jaden Davis, go ahead. Um, that's just a huge, huge step for Michigan. Like, one I don't know if it's just Michigan, me. One giant step for mankind. And I like wrote a lot about JJ McCarthy, like in his recruitment. But like this is the first time that I can remember that Michigan went into the South and got a five-star quarterback that had offers from all the big dogs in the South. You know, and it's like I have been very critical of Michigan and their recruiting over the course of the past five, six years. Um so I want to make sure that the people hear me clearly give them their flowers because like I is easy for me to buy into the fact that they are kind of ramping it up a little bit. And if you are like discussing or, or questioning whether or not Michigan can sustain the success, I think that the uh, proof that that is possible is happening now in that date in that Davis commitment. So like, I, I don't know if it's just, you know, five-star quarterback commits. We'll see if he's any good. I think that, you know, like I said earlier on about the context of it, the fact that they are recruiting and being successful in recruitments that they wouldn't have been successful two or three years earlier makes me believe that this can be more of a, a common pattern. So, like, I thought that was a huge, huge month for Michigan and maybe the most successful month that they've had with these types of prospects in, in a long, long time. So kudos to you, Michigan. The biggest Ohio State homer on the face of the earth is giving you your flowers. And I think it's it's it it. <laughs> tells fans and who are we to tell fans how to act and about their school. But like a lot of times you just need patience in recruiting. It's like, I, I get the outrage when, when JJ Carr commits to Notre Dame and when Dante Moore first commits to Oregon, that flips to UCLA. Those are two guys you thought you, you should have, but not, we don't know who's going to be the best of those three and they're not all in the same class, but, but this makes well it all right. It, yeah. All's yeah. well that ends well. And you know, if you would have told a Michigan fan when, car committed don't worry don't worry well that's what fans do they worry so i get it but it's just you got to play the long game that's why coaching staffs don't panic and you know they don't you know hopefully read the message boards <laughs> and freak out but uh yeah no doubt the re- it was just it happened last week we expected it to happen so uh, a huge get well if i could add one little thing to this um you know coming out of the state of north carolina i mean they've produced some pretty good quarterbacks here the last few years uh you know hennon hooker originally from uh the state of North Carolina, uh, Sam Howell, of course, uh, and Drake May, you know, those three guys, if, if he's anywhere near that, I think Michigan could win a national title with him for sure. I've gone on record as saying, and I think Ari laughed at me when, I, well, because I, of course, talked about some another player in the 90s, but like in person, Drake May was one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen in person in the, the best is still Danny Werfel to me. Now, Manny, you can appreciate that. You're closer to my age. <laughs> I thought Danny Werfel was the best college quarterback I ever saw in person. That's saying a lot. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Werfel, I thought was, I mean, obviously he was special, right? Heisman winner. Um, you know, Florida was was great with him there. Uh, for me, I, I don't know. I, I've got to think about that because I've watched so much football over the years in terms of watching guys actually in person and not on TV. I'll come back to you with that one once I uh, get an answer. Does it right, have Grace, to be Grace, who's better, Deshaun or Trevor <laughs> Lawrence? Give you two seconds to think about it. Go. Trevor Lawrence. Okay, there you go. That was a really easy question. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that there was to be a lot of people that would choose. I know. I was just trying to. Her. I was trying to make Grace Sweat put some pressure on her, but she was. Wait, Joe Burrow be isn't person? the best. Isn't the best quarterback you've ever seen? Oh, it has to be in person. No, I saw him in person actually. Okay. I, and he's, he threw 
six touchdowns in the first half against Vanderbilt too. But uh, as far it's as kind of hard to get Mitch to get an accurate litmus test because they're playing a JV team usually when he sees them. In hey, the, the uh, I saw uh, Joe Burrow destroy Clemson. So hey, the, my the, the Danny Werfel game, Florida was number one. Are you would like this? Florida was number one, a forty-three point favorite at Vanderbilt. Final score was twenty-eight twenty-one. So there you go. I think I got my answer. Peyton Manning. Okay. Peyton Manning. I saw him yeah. s- multiple times. Very good as well. Um, Ari, what about you? Does, does yeah, watching Joe Burrow before he was good in person count? No. You have to like the uh, performance, like seeing Lamar him. Jackson. Oh, that's okay. A that's a good one. A good one Never yep. saw him in person. So I saw him in person uh, as a fan, actually. I wasn't even covering the game. I went down to a Louisville game to watch him during one of Ohio State's bye weeks um, when they were home when he was in college. I don't think. Was there a lady involved? No. Okay. That might have been <laughs> like why did you just we we talked I did meet a woman named Courtney at the Kentucky Derby in two thousand fourteen. What's up, girl? <laughs> huge, huge stars matter fan, no doubt. Uh yeah, no, but uh I don't think there's been a better college player on the face of the entire planet than Lamar Jackson. I mean all all the people we've mentioned, Joe Burrow, Lamar, Danny Werfel, there you can't go Trevor Lawrence, you can't go wrong there. Um Ari published on Monday was their second monthly recruiting Q&A, which so far, two for two, two very interesting ones, two very different people. Urban Meyer interviewed Barton Simmons, obviously the former uh, lead analyst at 247, now the general manager at Vanderbilt, and some some really good questions in there. One thing that he brought up, Ari, I want to get everyone's opinion on, you asked him, like, if you're the czar of recruiting, what rule would you change or what would you do? And he's just basically said, let kids sign whenever they want. Um, now, I think he didn't say this, and I don't know if he it was assumed, but, like, I it can't be, like, sophomore year. I would think you'd have to be, like, going, like, after your junior junior year ends. And Ari push, pushed back with well, the follow-up questions, like, well, what if you were working at Alabama and not Vanderbilt? You probably wouldn't want that answer because we know schools like Alabama come in, swoop in, get a guy like Caden Proctor. What do you guys each think about letting kids sign a letter of intent, let's say anytime after their final day of their junior year in high school. I'm going to start with you, Ari, because I know you have kind of a spin to that too. Well, anybody who listens to me knows that like I have like a affinity for the programs that recruit the best. And I don't know if that's true or not, but you're a winner, Ari. I don't know if I like a world where Purdue can offer somebody before they have offers and force them to make a decision before they develop. No one's forcing them. Buddy, they're going to force them. They're going to say, hey, you want? You don't think it's going to happen that way? You want this offer? Sign this document. If not, we're going to recruit other people. You don't think that's going to happen everywhere? It's the only way that places like Vanderbilt um, can get some of the guys before they develop. Like the programs that have the eye, the Texas Techs. Calvin Simpson Hunt would have signed with Texas Tech, right? Maybe not. With that might, rule, might have gambled with that on rule. himself. I but, know what you're saying. Sorry. I mean, I guess anybody could gamble themselves and say no, but there's going to be a pressure to sign. And I don't think that it's fair to like, who are we trying to help here? Like, are we trying to help the students and the, uh, the student athletes? Are we trying to help? How does that help them? It takes, takes a burden away from them. They can sign. They don't have to deal with, if they can, they know where they want to go in June, they can sign and, Get it over with. I'm, I'm not saying it's the right. I, I think it's an interesting rule. Like, look, Manny, Do you think it's a big burden to carry a commitment? I I, I personally think I would love it if they could sign uh, in the summertime right after they make their commitments. And I think obviously – In their visits. Yeah, yeah. after they're done with their visits uh, in July. I, I think that would be the ideal time to, to have a signing period uh, to just kind of get a, at least the elite kids over and done with. The one thing I would love is – and I know we, we need uniform rules for this uh, across the country, but – uh, once you sign, you can start collecting NIL, you know, um, your senior year because you're already representing the university. You're helping them recruit. Um, to me, I think that would be the incentive. And it, and it would sort of, I think, end the, the zaniness of November and December when guys are flipping and, and you're just having sort of insanity those last two months. Grace, what do you think? I'm for you're, it. You're a fair person. I mean – I just, and you guys have heard me rant about this before. I absolutely hate the uncommittable offer. I think it's just nonsensical and so unfair. And if you're a kid, you shouldn't have to deduce which offer is real and which one is fake. And we see these schools throwing out like 300 offers when they can sign 
anywhere between 25 and 30 kids. I just, I hate them. And so I think that forcing the adults in recruiting to be really careful with their offers. And I, I just think it would slow down. Like you're not going to throw out an offer to someone who you're, whose commitment you're not willing to take on the spot. So I'm, I'm for it in that regard. I just I hate the uncommittable offers. Yeah, kind of like, like what Manny said, though. Like I like in basketball, there's a signing. Well, it's basically when 90% of the kids sign. Basketball you sign before your senior season. Football, maybe let them sign three days in, in August, early August before their senior season starts, and then they can sign afterwards. I just don't want – I don't get the point of the early signing period being six weeks before – the yeah. the regular signing period. Go ahead, Ari. Yes, yeah, so I I don't like the idea that you're removing the late bloomers' potential to get the best possible offer that they could get. Um, but I do agree with Manny. Um, if I were to be in charge of the signing periods, I would remove the December early signing period and I would make one in July going into their senior years for a three day period. So instead of being able to sign a national letter of intent any day of the week at any time, I would open that three-day period for people who are early commitments and like know where they're going to go. And then it, it removes the pressure to sign mostly because you only have that three-day period. And if those three-day period comes and goes, then you have another year of back-to-normal recruiting and then move the national signing day back to February once the season's over. So it's actually an early signing period. You can get kids signed early, but it also doesn't have that looming pressure of sign, 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 sign anytime you get an offer from anybody during the entire process. I think that would that would kind of meet people halfway. And then, like Manny said, uh, allowing people to co- collect NIL early on uh, once they sign, would be an incentive for people to make early decisions, but not necessarily create the pressure or the burden of feeling like you have to sign anytime somebody likes you or you visit somewhere. Yeah, it, definitely some rational thinking there. Uh, but check out that Q&A, some really good stuff in there. Ari, I thought it was funny you kind of bemoan the fact that you get ripped on in the comments section and that he used to get, you know, as the guy doing the rankings would just hear from fans all the time. Now he just kind of... He, he, you know, he said he doesn't have to answer to, to, to the fans in the comments section anymore. And I thought it was funny how he said he would go back and what, look and see how he did in the rankings, but no one cared because everyone's just so forward thinking and recruiting. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some, some, yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, yeah. I appreciate it. It was, uh, he's a really cool dude to talk to because, um, he has a different vision and has to have one for Vanderbilt because they are, I think he could probably make the case that Vanderbilt is most unlike. Uh, in their conference of anybody in the power five conference in America, Um, maybe Stanford or Northwestern, I guess could probably fit into that mold a little bit more. But like when you compare the sec, right. I think the the, the difference is the sec difference versus like, you know, Wisconsin, the rest of the big 10 and the rest of the pac 12. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I am very excited to see if it works. Uh, It might take six, seven, eight years, but I'm excited to see if he's right. I thought it was funny. His perspective on being recruited. He's like, I went on official visits to Duke Vanderbilt, Furman, and Yale. And he's like, but the only schools that cared if I was going there were Furman and Yale. He's like, I don't think Vanderbilt or Duke really cared when I told them no. Uh, I thought that was funny as well. Um, a couple other commitments to get to. Penn State goes into Florida and gets John Mitchell, a cornerback, a top 200 player. And Penn State quietly recruiting the defensive back position very well. I did not know this. You guys might have. Audrey's written about it several times recently that Penn State has never had a first-round defensive back ever wow. wow didn't know that ever and, not just yeah. under james franklin like ever no, ever because joey porter is going to be a first rounder and then king next year is is a chance to be one too so that was just that was stunning so uh but they're recruiting that defensive backfield position and i audrey wrote about there was a connection there with jacksonville his position one of maybe his defensive coordinator some there's a connection between penn state it wasn't totally random but as we saw last year Penn State going into the South to get a commitment is one thing, but as Jerry Seinfeld found out, you know, making the reservation and keeping the reservation, getting the commitment and keeping the commitment are two very different things. So that will be something to monitor. I don't know, Manny, if you have any intel, I, I know you don't know too much about John Mitchell, but if, if some of the big three and four to come after him, that's something to monitor. Yeah, I know Miami was interested in him. Um, and, you know, he's one of those uh, defensive backs. They, they really need some cornerbacks. Uh, the Hurricanes do, uh, you know, Florida. Yeah, we watched that MTSU Middle Tennessee game, yeah. Yeah, everybody everybody remembers that nightmare. Um, and, and Florida State, I mean, it, they look like they're going to get Charles Lester, I think, uh, the kid out of Sarasota. Um, so he's he's sort of the top one this year. I know Cormani McLean was that guy last year. But I think Mitchell is in that top tier of, yes, the in-state schools are going to push for him. So, yes, you can you, sh- you should watch 
watch that recruitment all the way up until the end. And then Alabama gets a 2025 offensive lineman from Georgia, Mason Short, uh, offensive tackle, number 70 overall. And that transitions into um, the final part of Manny's five-part series on recruiting and geography. Now, uh, I'm not, Manny, you're not part of these, this quiz. It's going to be Ari and Grace okay. are going to guess the in-state percentages for every SEC team. Ari has been on a heater. He was last couple. He was of hot last podcast. Yeah, 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 he did. He did really well, but a little more. I mean, I don't want to act like I'm smart. <laughs> I think that it's very, it's kind of very easy to guess. It's just a compliment, based, but just based on the program stature <laughs> and where the state is, like the institutional knowledge that you just have of yeah. how many players are in a state and how well that team recruits, I think is pretty. Grace, he's kind setting of a, you up to look bad. I know. You're <laughs> setting me up to look like a total moron when I'm like, I don't know the answer to these Grace, questions. you could never look like a moron. <laughs> okay. I'm go- I'll give you the state, and then you guys go both the percentage guess of in-state recruits, just signees only, not transfers or anything like that. JC got you, uh, just No, JC's count. Um, but m- most of these schools don't recruit a lot of junior colleges. And over the last six signing periods. Now, Manny, do JC's count in these numbers, or were these just raw high school recruits? I think these were just high no, school these recruits. No, these are... Th- these these were all signees, not transfers. So not, okay, is, so, so you were a JC guy, part of the class. It counts. Yes. Okay, so um, so you said SEC, right? Yeah, SEC. Mm-hmm. The last six signing classes, Alabama. Okay. Who's going first? Uh, you go first. Uh, Alabama, I'd say twenty percent. Grace. Oh, I was going to say more like a like a third. Right? They can get any kid they want in Alabama. Be be confident in your thirty three percent. Advantage, Wasserman. I'm going to keep track. Ari and Grace. They recruit well, nationally in Alabama. It's not that deep. It's 23 Okay, cool. Okay, Ari, not for you. Arkansas. Grace goes, we'll, we'll rotate. Grace goes first. Yeah, so. you can't cheat. Um, tick, 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 tick. Let's go. 15%. Ari? Uh, I'd say 30. 20%, 26%. Come on, Grace. Oh, gosh. I know, but I think I'm looking at this backwards. Like, because when I think Arkansas, I mean, I guess they do have to load up on in-state talent because they can't compete nationally that much. But then I'm like, how much talent does a state like Arkansas produce nationally? It's Yeah. Uh, well, it's for you to figure out then. I, oh, gosh. You know I'm Auburn. not good at numbers. Auburn. Auburn has got to be higher than Bama, uh, but not that much higher. What was uh, Bama? 23? Yes. 23, I'll just say around 25% for Auburn. Grace? Well, didn't Manny say in his article that Auburn's recruiting Georgia more than they're recruiting the state of Alabama? Like they're signing. Wait a second. No hints. Wait, I read it, Ari. I didn't read it yet. I can't even get the right. You read it? You're not getting it right. I've read this story. Ari, you're winning, okay? You're literally winning. No, I know, but I'm not doing this blindly here. Stars matter. Ari rarely reads your stories. He'll That's compliment them, but he doesn't read them. Grace, no, okay. I definitely Ari said read 25. This. I'm going to say 20. It's 25. Ari's up 3 nothing. Let's go. Let's <laughs> go, Grace. Let's Are the go. Yankees winning too, Ari? What's the oh, score my like? gosh. Yeah. This is so embarrassing. Wait, I, this might not be good since it's our first four-person show, but like, loser should have to like be suspended from the show for a week Yeah, or kick so. me out next okay. week. Florida. Grace, you're first. Florida. What is this? The past how many years? Six years. Six, six years. Are you have her flustered? She's I'm really, super flustered. Okay, Florida, right I think is getting smoked by Alabama and Georgia, so I think it's going to be lower than what it should be. Let's go. We're on a podcast here. The thirty percent. Much higher. There's no way it's only thirty. If it's only thirty percent, then they should disband the program. Ari, uh, I'll say fifty percent. Fifty-seven. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to start saying the opposite of what I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're George Costanza. The opposite of whatever you think. Georgia. Ari. Uh, Georgia um, actually isn't that great in their state, but it's the deepest state possible. <laughs> 33%. Grace, quickly. 40 Grace, forty percent. Yes. There we go. Grace is on the board. Yes. <laughs> on the board. Dude, that you get two points for buzzing the right number too. Yeah, oh, well, you man. got you got one exactly right too. Okay, Kentucky, Grace. Oh, uh, Kentucky, twenty-five. 
Ari. I think I know the number off the top of my head because we talked about how terrible Louisville is. Is it a 20? It's 19. Ari gets that one. Dang it, Ari. Okay. LSU. So I cheated that time because we talked about it before, I think. Well, Grace read the story, so, you know. Yeah, okay. I mean, my co- yeah. I swear I really enjoyed it, Manny. Like, my <laughs> comprehension doesn't look outstanding right now, but I thought it was really LSU. Ari, LSU. Uh, 35%. Grace. 30%. 43. Let's go! Okay, Mississippi State. She's doing... Grace. Grace is doing the Price is Right strategy now. She's trying to box me out. <laughs> Mississippi, Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Oh, sh- I wrote about Mississippi State a couple months ago and about how they're like they weren't doing that well in state. Uh, twenty-five. Ari, I'd probably say forty. Fifty-five. What? Wow, wow, that's a lot. I thought all the kids in Mississippi went to Alabama. Well, the good anyway, ones, you're not thinking about all the two stars and you got to think about all the three said. stars yes. and two stars. Yes, yes. I yeah. think that'll change your perception of this. Okay, so I gotta stop thinking about the top 100 kids and just, just look stop at all thinking of them. and just guess Missouri. <laughs> Who's up, Ari? Uh, Missouri, I'll say 25 percent. Grace, I don't know if I should go higher or lower. Well, that's your decision. <laughs> 20. 28. <sighs> This, this is turning out to be like an SEC game between Alabama and Vanderbilt. I know. I'm, 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 I'll ban you from the show too, man. Uh, I can Ole, never show my face on this show again. Ole Miss. The uh, of who's Ole first? Mississippi. Again, who's first? Uh, Grace. Grace. Um, 38. All right. 24. Grace. Finally, let's good go. job, Grace. Are you are you just throw a couple, make her feel good, okay? Yeah, uh, South Carolina, Grace. Now, this is your this is your this state. Is, this is my you, state. These are your pressures on. Beamer's doing very well in state, I will say. Um, he's only been the coach for two years. Hint, hint. Okay. Oh, this is a good point. Um, Why are we hinting? Why are you giving forty? No, ooh, should I go higher? Nope. 45, 45. <laughs> Great. Ari? You went from 40 to 45? Because yeah. I would have gone lower. Uh, <laughs> all right, no, say... give me back 40. Give me 40 again. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say 30%. Uh, 29. <laughs> oh. 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 That's, how, that's how much I believe in Shane Beamer. This should be okay. yeah. my my belief in the game okay, right now. Any way you want. Yeah, thanks. Tennessee, Ari. I'd say 20% for Tennessee. Grace. 25. 26. There you go, Grace. There we go. Oh, there we go. Wow. A&M. A&M. Grace. Wow. Uh, ooh. A&M. 40. No. Try again. <laughs> There's no way it's only 40. Well, they got to split it with all those other schools in Texas. I know, but there's like, it's like five states in one. How national was their class in the all-worldly class a few years ago? Uh... All right, I'll just guess. Uh, I'll All say. Right, fine. Give me forty-five. Okay, I'm gonna say sixty-eight. Almost set. I'll say seventy. Sixty. One more. Vanderbilt. Grace, next time, don't read the story. Yeah, I know. Honestly, Manny, I I gave you an awesome and everything. Like, I know. I appreciate that. Am I first? <laughs> yeah, you're first. Vanderbilt doesn't recruit in state very well, do they, Mitch? Ten percent. Grace. Fifteen. 16. There you go. Grace, Grace the All right, Grace. London Humphreys got, for the win. All right. Final tally. <laughs> RE8. Grace 4. I wish we would have started this when we had the four-person pod. This is my favorite segment. Although, Grace, you let us down. That was brutal. Yeah, I can never I can never play this game again. Yeah, well. No, well we're going to play it again next week. Though. We, we have the Big Ten left. Did we do the Big Ten? We've done them all. We're going to do the Sun Belt. Manny, start doing some research. All right, um, there you go. Manny, what surprised <laughs> you the most in that story? Um, you know, it, it's weird because I felt like I, like the other conferences, like the SEC is more predictable because they get all the best players, right? So you kind of have a pretty good feel for the SEC. At least I do anyway, with how much we report on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Vanderbilt only 16%. I mean, Tennessee is a pretty good producing state in terms of elite players and they don't have a whole lot of, you know, top recruits from, I think I wrote in the story, 2018 or 2016 was the last time they signed a top uh, 
a blue chip recruit from their own state. 2018, that's what I wrote the story. And, you know, yes, it's Vanderbilt. I understand they've struggled for years, but like you figured they'd get a few kids out out of their own uh, home state, but that hasn't happened. I think, you know, Georgia, how much everybody just raids the state of Georgia. Um, yeah, Ari and I have talked everybody. about that, and you mentioned it. It's like as good as Georgia is and as, as well as they've recruited, like – their in-state recruiting, even the five stars, isn't what you'd think it would be. But no, we're not knocking them because they get great players every year. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the fact that George is able to go so easily into Florida and win, that's another one. Uh, I think I wrote out of the top 100 players, they signed 16 out of Florida, which is the most. I think Alabama's next on the list with 13. Uh, and I think Miami's third with eight. So you just sort of see how uh, why Alabama and Georgia are so dominant every single year they just they get the best players from every state and it's easy for them meanwhile um you know you go into other states like texas right where texas a&m comes from um you know a&m's done a pretty good job there uh, i think they're second in terms of top 100 players behind texas uh but yet really the results don't show on the field um especially last year so i don't know i mean like there's so many different ways you can look at this um and and to me i just sort of enjoyed doing the research because i wanted to have the data i wanted to have the actual numbers in front of us uh to help us with a lot of the stories that we'll be writing in terms of you know just recruiting confidential and everything else i thought why not just have this somewhere and now we do well, one dynamic that i'm really interested in, in over the next few years is Kentucky and Louisville. Like Louisville had a good class last year. A lot of it was in California. I think there's a lot of NIL stuff going on there. Well, Jeff Brom's a Louisville grad. He's coached in the Midwest at Purdue. Louisville's been non-existent. Many, maybe the, the lowest in-state mm-hmm. percentage of a yeah. P5, especially among a public, you know, non-private. So I, I'm I'd be shocked if he does not make that more of an emphasis in state coming down to the mid state in Tennessee. There's a ton of players going into Ohio. I'm sure Purdue recruited Ohio. And how does that affect Kentucky? Uh, you know, Kentucky's kind of got it rolling right now in recruiting there. But I, so I think I think that's an interesting dynamic. And, and, and Ari, this was goes without saying, but all the sort of the numbers that Manny um, compiled is like which where where schools recruit the most out of state. And for Kentucky, it's it's Ohio. And, you know, does just Jeff Brom kind of follow that model? Because Kentucky's obviously it's on the Indiana border, but it's close to Ohio, too. So that that what are your thoughts on that dynamic there? Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, the thing about it is that like Kentucky is basically an in-state school for Ohio. Right. Like, I mean, they've tried so hard and for so long with the same staff members to make that an emphasis. Like, I don't know. I mean, Ohio is an in-state for Kentucky recruits Ohio. Like it's in-state. Is that what yes. You're I don't yeah. know what I said. Did I say it like yeah. backwards? Um, you didn't say that, but we. I have this, like, it. I have this ailment and I don't know what it is, but I like <laughs> think things. And then when it comes out, it doesn't match what I'm thinking. And then I don't, and then I forget how I said it. And then I just like, <laughs> Just like That's good for someone who's on public. five podcasts a week to not be able to <laughs> clearly uh, discuss things. But it's okay. I mean, I don't know that I, I would fear Purdue if I were them. Well, it's not Purdue; it's Louisville. I, I mean, I'm sorry, is. Louisville. <laughs> I would. I mean, Louisville's—they've—they've they've had very good teams, and they've got—you know—I'm not saying they're going to start. I just—I think Louisville will be more of a threat to Kentucky than they've been. I'll just say that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I guess that's true because their their head coach makes them sexy temporarily. Um, but like, my thing is, can, can can Louisville continue to like recruit nationally as well? They have been. Like, I mean, I don't know if you go back and look at the percentage of their class that came from Kentucky. Do you have Manny's spreadsheet open? Come on, let's rip this. Let's rip this going. <laughs> yeah, what was their percentage from California Louisville, last year? Ten percent. Well, Louisville was the lowest percent of any. Um... In state recruiting numbers, yeah. I can I can look it up here. Let me uh, go to my trusty spreadsheets. How many did they Dude, have? Those, you better have a fingerprint like thing. <laughs> Grace, what was that? How many did they have in California last year? Like five or six. I thought they went into um, St. John Bosco and did yeah. a lot of damage there. Yeah. So, um, well, I would say West Virginia and Louisville are the two that, that probably have the lowest percentages. I mean, in terms of power fives. Um, let me call. Yeah, it. and there were more people at our Super Bowl party this year than live in West Virginia, so I think that kind of makes sense. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just a very small population state, so right. Uh, like, what's Louisville's excuse? I don't even know. Like, and then the the who wrote the Kentucky recruiting confidential? Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker. The, yeah. Weren't, wasn't every high school coach in Kentucky just saying that Louisville doesn't even come there? 
He's like, he's like, I've never even, I've never even heard of their coach Scott Satterfield. I don't know who. I he didn't is. even, yeah, who is this human? So <laughs> yes, which is by the way, the fact that he got hired at Cincinnati to, re, you know, replace Fickle. If he doesn't figure that out at, at Cincinnati, it's going to get ugly there. That's yeah. the whole thing there. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, no doubt, uh, especially uh, moving to power. Five moving move to Big Twelve need to up their recruiting. Although they were recruiting basically like a Power Five last few years. Okay, we've got one mailbag question. It was just uh, via Twitter. Uh, Josh on Twitter, and I I thought this was a good uh, question for us to kind of talk about this, the subject. I would love if this week's show you guys could go over the difference in the recruiting sites and the composite. How could sites be so different, and which ones are more trusted than other? And the question was basically Jordan Marshall, I believe, is number three on Rivals, number 13 on 247, maybe for running backs. Why is this so different? My point would be, first of all, it's early in the cycle. And second, I'm glad there are big differences. That like evaluators, and maybe you could see, like Manny saw, Mer- was it Merklinger, the quarterback? Yeah. Let's see, he maybe saw him on a bad day, and another, as if, if that was some evaluators on there, and someone sees him on a, a better day. But I would not want groupthink along, among all these recruiting sites. So I think it's good that there's varying levels. Now, if we're at also signing too, day, Mitch, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Not to interrupt you, but like when you think about how many recruitable running backs there are in America, that's not that big of a difference. Like right. three and thirteen seems dramatic when you think about it like that, but when you think about the fact that the list is three hundred people long, it's probably not that big of a difference. Yeah, no right? doubt. Am I am I on to something there? Yeah, and you guys have been to camps more than than I have. I've been to none, so like you, like it could be a win, whatever. Just kid, kids have bad days, and certain evaluators look for different things. So I think it's like I keep saying, it's a positive. I don't know which sites are are better you know they all have you know maybe different parts of the country someone's got a better midwest scout and the i don't know we don't know the backgrounds of all these guys but i, I think it's just about staff size really like how much how much resource um are you dedicating to the evaluation process and i don't know the numbers off the top of my head i know not to disparage gspn and what they do there i, I know that they just have a much smaller staff right. than 247 does then it's just common sense to know that if you have an army of reporters and not an army that you're probably going to take the army. And that's why we use the composite so much because all those differences get averaged out. And, you know, most of the time those averages are really what tells the true story. So, you know, I'm glad that there are, like you said, Mitch, multiple resources and people who all don't think alike. And then over the course of time, those averages come down and, uh, you know, have a pretty accurate picture of the way things turn out. So, you know, I think it's a pretty good system. Grace, I want your list of uh, top ten long snappers for for on Sunday for a story. Can you? Hey, I did see some at the uh, what was it Under Armour game two years ago. Those are seeing those guys is so always so fun. So I'm like, they they're just they are the first to admit like no one knows who they are. They're just there's then there's people that evaluate them like that. Slight tangent. Um, one of the former uh, color analysts for Vanderbilt Radio, I used to work with John Gromos, who was quarterback was my freshman year. He was a senior. He got this back when the NFL was 12 rounds. He was a 12th round draft pick of Seattle, and he went to camp as a holder and, and a backup quarterback. And he just, you know, he held in college and he got there first day and he did something, helped put the ball down. And he said, just he got railed on. Like the, it's so, especially at the professional level, long snapping and holding is such an exact science. I actually listened to a podcast, a Freakonomics podcast on long snappers and how these guys hold on to their jobs for 18, 20 years and, and how anonymous they are. So it's, it's just uh, – there's people uh, – obviously there's only, what, 32 long snappers in the world and, 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 uh, at the NFL level, and it's a pretty good gig if you can keep it. Ari, you should start working on that. You're only 35. You could. I feel like, like everybody always says how awesome it would be, but, like, if you fuck up one time – Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, that's it for you. You know what I mean? Like, the the margin of error, like, when it comes to that, like, being perfect. And, like, they're basically robots. And most of the times they they just nail it right. But, like, I don't want to be the guy that, like, I don't want to be the Bill Buckner of long snapping. You know, that would be, that would, like. (laughs) Right. Getting railed out in the comments section is one thing, Ari, that you can handle that. But but just having a whole fan base and a whole country know about your screw up. The thing about the comments is, is that I don't agree with most of them. So, like, I can live with that. Like, if you mess up and cost your team a game, that's an indisputable fact that you're the loser in that situation. Yeah. And I don't know if I would handle that well. Yeah. I've, I've shared this with Grace. I've had this story idea. I think I've, I, I asked Andy Staples, actually, this, and he kind of debunked it. Like, I'd love to go to like each college and ask, like, some of the star players if they could name the starting long snapper. On their like, own team? Yeah, on their own team. 
Like there's a hundred plus kids on a team. And Andy, I asked Andy that last time I saw him because, you know, played at Florida one year. And he, he seemed to think that, yeah, most, most, most people would know. Maybe not a backup, backup walk on, but uh, I no, I'll tell you part. this. When I was covering Ohio State, fans were completely aware of who they were recruiting at Lime, Long Snapper. Wow. Really? Like, I, yeah, there were stories wow. written about it for sure. Yeah. That is wild. Okay, I mean, well, people are obsessed with their team, you know? I yeah. don't want to know. Yeah. All right. Ready for a little trivia? Um, I might yeah. sit this one out, honestly, after my last showing. Jeez. It wasn't I was, that bad. I was, I was doing – it was pretty bad. As it I'm doing some bad. research for this, I think there might have been a very similar question I've asked in the past or something – or something – the exact question or whatever, but we've had – we've been doing this almost, what, 18 months? Yeah. It was a year and a half or two had, and a half years. Should have had two babies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so – you see how uncomfortable he got? No, I wasn't. I was <laughs> okay. Actually, I barely heard what you said. Um, seven, I said we could have had two babies. Right, eighteen months. I understand how it works. Yeah, You're a kid, and then nine months later, you could have. Although, not really nine months. I'll later. be honest with you. I don't. I honestly don't know how people have two kids in eighteen months. Well, I spaced mine out four months, four years apart. Three years. Good, yeah. Um. Okay. There have been seven teams in the modern recruiting area date modern recruiting era dating back to 2000. Seven teams. This is FBS, not just GP5, that have signed only one five star, not zero, not two or more. How many of those can you name? And can you name the five star? Wow. Wait, so this that's is a really t- difficult. This is, from, this, is from, this is from 2018. No, no, this is oh. from 2000 on. In the modern on, okay. Man, it's very mo- Ari of you, like, to just not listen to the question. <laughs> I didn't get okay. <laughs> You're off to a great start as a guest, as a co-host. Um, so this this one's obviously you're probably not going to know, but it's more of like a discussion. You, you, the, the names will sound familiar, but can you – there's one there, – okay, there's one G5 on here, soon to be P5. That's the hint. Okay, Ed Oliver, Houston. Yes. Okay, let's see if I can get some hints. Um, um, there's one school that made the college football playoff this year. TCU. Yes. Who is the player? It's a running back. Cannot remember his name. He does not play for TCU head. anymore. Right. He transferred out. Um, it's not Zach it Evans. Evans. Zach Evans. Okay. Yep. He. Oh yeah. He signed with TCU because yes. of the. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Okay. Here's oh. another one. This guy was the reason for the I am a man press conference. Mike so Dundee? Oklahoma State Oklahoma is State? the yes. answer, but I don't know. It was this this guy got railed on by the media or he thought he got railed on. Oh, he was the player that subject. How was that kid's on? name? No, Mike. Mike I'm, can Mike I chime in for Mike? GB at Mizzou. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I got the gift said, two years ago. Uh, Wait, on, Oklahoma State has only signed one five star yes. in 23 years? Yeah. What's his name? What's his name? That's the question. <laughs> we should relegate them. Like Bobby Reed. Them. Yeah, clearly we didn't Bobby know the Reed. answer. So right. yeah. Bobby okay. Reed. Okay. Bobby yeah. Reed. Okay, so we got a couple. Of um, one of them plays for a P5 in the state of Georgia. Georgia Tech. Georgia yeah. Tech. Is that um... Georgia? <laughs> yeah, <they're always> <laughs> <laughs> okay, one of the best players at his position in the history of football. Calvin Johnson. You got it. All right. Okay. One of them is a school we've just talked about a lot. They've got a new coach. They're located in the state of Kentucky. Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. Or you've talked about this in the past because you've looked at, I know you looked this up once. They're five star. They've won five star class of 2003. Are you saying that I should know this? Well, you've, we've, I think we've talked about him in the past. Are you, you, you mentioned him in a mailbag or you mentioned him like, I don't think you'll be surprised when I give you the name. Michael don't Bush. Me. Michael Bush. Michael Bush. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so two more to go. Boston College had one. Wow. Uh, wasn't Matt Ryan, was it? No. Yeah, I don't think you guys will get this. Linebacker? William Green. Luke Keekley. Just kidding. He's like a no. two-star. Uh, Brian Toll. Brian yeah. Toll, right? Yeah. That's a really hard question yeah. to really welcome our new friends into this thing. <laughs> yeah. hey, I know. I'm going to come back. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a, 
It's kind of a bizarre way to start this thing off. An unanswerable okay. question. Okay. <laughs> okay. We one more. How about this question? Grace, what is the nickname of the school that you covered for five years? The Tigers. Okay. There you go. So now you feel better about yourself for next time. <laughs> 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 okay. The, uh, this... Oh my gosh! I was like, "Where is he going?" You got one right. Yeah. You, when Liv okay. starts learning about college football, those are going to be the questions that we that you ask yeah. her. There's there's one more. Um, I I knew this, but you, you'll probably be surprised that the school actually assigned a five star. Mm. Is it Power Five? Pac Twelve. Washington State. Close. Colorado. They just signed Nuts' face. No, Colorado has like three or four surprisingly. And before this year, Oregon State. Yes, this kid was from Corvallis. Mm. I wrote about this yeah. once. Yeah. No, Mike Zimmerman says Jacquees Rogers. Now he was three star, I believe, from Texas. Might have been. There's no much. way no anyone remembers. No, if you don't he know it, you don't know it. Was like, he an offensive tackle? Uh, yeah, offensive lineman. Yeah. Um, Isaac Samolo, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, in-state kid. So. Yeah, that was some of these questions are gettable and some of them are just for like discussion topics. So to to get the conversation going. Yeah, that was good. Ed Oliver should have been the only one that we we could have. Zach Evans, maybe if you thought about it. Zach Evans is a good one, too. Good job, Manny. Grace, proud of you. Pam, for a good time. Tigers. Go Tigers. (laughs) Grace, Grace, I have a trivia question for you before we go. Let's hear it. Is the letter P in the word Clemson? No, but this is of a serious debate about outsiders who there's a, a lot of people pronounce it with a P and then some people not in Clemson pronounce it with a Z like Clemson. Clemson. Yeah. So another Clemson and I really and you get some I, I've heard some national people who follow college sports say Old Miss. They say Old Miss. Oh, mm-hmm. oh. yeah. Yeah. So uh, Auburn. Mike, says Auburn. Auburn. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I've got a bonus trivia question for you. Okay. My child is awake, but we're going to do this anyway. Okay. There are five colleges that play sports in Division One basketball that are named after a color. Can you name the, the schools? Or their share, their, the school's name <laughs> is shared with a color. The nickname? Yeah. Brown. North Texas Mean Green. Four. It's four. That's wrong. The name no. of the school. Oh, so Brown is correct. That's okay. one. Brown is correct. Auburn. Yep. Right. That's also right. There's two more. Mm-hmm. Because <sighs> I've heard the question the other way. This is a good one. This yeah. Good one, uh, I don't know. Colorado. I don't know. <laughs> Colorado's not it. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I U P U I. Um, <laughs> um, wow. Cornell's not a color. Colgate's not a color. Um, no. It's a toothpaste. Is Pepperdine a color? No. Do they play basketball? Yeah. One's going to annoy you. Oh, boy. Like one we should be getting. It's obvious. I don't know. It's not. Uh, it's obviously a color, but it's not something that you would come to your mind, I don't think. I have a pretty good grasp of like the entire college basketball landscape, so no school's gonna. It's a military academy. Army, Navy, Navy. Navy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Army Green. The and then the last one is Siena. Ah, that's a good one. Ah, oh, that's a good one. So yeah. the four. What color is Siena? I'm... I had to Google. It's like a I've turquoise. I've literally never even heard of this. Yeah. I just googled Siena, and the Toyota van came up. Um. <laughs> So, Ari, would you like to do your thing? That went well, guys. Thank you so much for uh, joining us in the new expansive galaxy of the stars. Uh, Stars matter. We will catch you guys next week. See ya. See ya.